Hello, everyone. I'm Hadley. And I'm Emily. And welcome back to another episode of Dark, Damned, and Disturbed. Welcome! No echo for us this time, huh? No, not today. Oh, okay. All right. She's amazing <laughs> it up. I never know what to expect with you anymore. Wink. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> so, today's case is just as disturbing as the James Bolger case, but in a different way. Um... There's no murder involved with this one, but I do want to put a big trigger warning out um, <laughs> that there is rape, there is grooming of children, there's a lot of just like nastiness like that. And with this case, guys, we are going to keep our opinions to ourselves on this one. At least Emily and I are. You guys can feel free to share your own opinions. But there are a few cases. And this is one of them that, like, there are still quite a few family members that are still alive and around. And they will, not necessarily this family, but some of those families do kind of go after people that share the opinion. And, you know, I just don't want to be sued for my opinion. No, <laughs> um, we don't. We don't want none of that. Thank you. Yes. So, like, I do know, just for, like, an example with, like, John Bonet Ramsey, I do know that her family, they have in the past sought legal action against, like, podcasts and television networks and stuff that have painted certain members of the family not in very great lights or maybe insinuated that certain family members may have done something. Even though so, we all know who did it. That's on Emily. I don't, I'm not getting involved <laughs> there, so. But we don't know. Her. I'm just kidding. We don't know. We don't know. So... This case is about Mary Kay Latorno, and Mary is known today as one of the most infamous sex female sex offenders in the United States, and it was the relationship that she had with one student, and from what I could find, it was only one student that ever was involved, and he was her te- she was his teacher. Um, he was 12 when this started, and... 12? This, he was 12. So this, to me... This does, I don't know, the way that my brain works is I'm like, this is going to sound bad, but like, thank God he was old enough that he was able to be aware of what was happening to some capacity. Because like, had it been, uh, like, I know a lot of times with younger children, like younger children don't have the capacity and, you know, like they, they don't understand, but he's old enough to like know what was going on. And he does kind of say later on that he reflected on it. And I'll tell you what he says about that then. I'm ready. So Mary was born. So she was born on January 30th, 1962 as Mary Catherine Schmitz in Orange County, California. She was one of four children and was the first daughter for her parents who were professor John Schmitz and his wife, Mary Schmitz. Her parents were said to be very, very, very involved in the Catholic church. And her parents were apparently very strict and her dad got super involved in politics And he even ran as president in 1972 under the president. Yeah, he ran for president under the American. He was the American Party candidate, um, but he obviously did not win. Probably similar to the birthday party party. Right. (laughs) And in 1973, this is kind of sad. Mary's three year old brother actually died in their family pool. He drowned while Mary and her other brother were also playing in the pool. And I can only imagine it was very tragic for her, but I don't think that that warrants what she does. No, dang. 
Like I said, her dad became very interested in politics. He was actually a state senator for California. And after his failed presidential run, he decided to just go back and work for the Senate in California. And in 1978, he was reelected as the Republican to the California State Senate as one of the Republican senators. And in 1982, he was going to attempt to run for Senate again. But... One of his little skeletons came busting up out of his closet. Okay. And, you know, so he, while, so like I said, he was a professor and he was a professor at Santa Ana College and he was teaching political science there and he ended up having an, an affair with a student and they had two children together. While he was still married or was this a secret family? Yeah. Oh. <sighs> So this is so eerie to me because it's foreshadowing. My jaw is on the... Yeah. A secret family and he was a senator? Yes. So this affair did end up causing him and his wife Mary to divorce. As it should. From what I could find, they did end up eventually getting back together. They like reconciled. They figured it out. I don't know. And... This is not really about Mary Kay herself, but I did think it was interesting. Her brothers actually had very successful political careers and went on to have numerous positions under President George W. Bush and President Trump. They worked for the Department of Defense and Deputy Counsel for Bush and as a foreign policy advisor to Trump. So, George Bush. But those jobs, they just sound fun to me because I'm a political science major. So it's just kind of my forte. It's really not for everybody, though. So she's a smarty pants. Well, just a little bit. We're going (laughs) to go ahead and jump ahead now. So Mary is off at college and she decided to go to Arizona State University. And she had every intention of moving to Washington, D.C. to follow in her father's footsteps of a political career once she graduated. And while she was enrolled there, she met a fellow classmate named Steve Latorno, and they end up being romantically involved, and Mary Kay winds up pregnant. And this would be the first of four children that they have together. And in 1985, they both dropped out of college and got married, and they moved back to Steve's hometown of Anchorage, Alaska, which, I don't know, like, that's just a real long way to move for college. Like he moved from Alaska to Arizona. I, and I understand that like people do move out of state, out of country to go to college, but I'm just like, that's a long, that's way. a long trek. That's not important though. That's just, <laughs> that's just, my I mean, it was a long trek for Bella to go from Washington to Arizona. So. Oh, t- Twilight. What's <laughs> a couple more hours. <laughs> so. Steve ended up getting a job with Alaska Airlines and he was working as a baggage handler. And then funny that you bring up Washington because they were only back in Anchorage for a year before they got transferred to Seattle. So, sorry, I was supposed to mute that. Um, So, her, he, her, (laughs) they and their four kids moved to Anchorage. They only had one kid at the time. When they moved to Anchorage, they only had one. And then they moved to Anchorage. And then sometime, I think I have it noted in here, but like pretty much. I'll be, I'll be patient. I'll be patient. Okay. Because I don't think I noted exactly when all four of her kids were born. But so 
They did move back to Seattle, and then Mary Kay decided to go back to school, and she enrolled at Seattle University, and this was after they had had their second child. So the second child was born in Seattle. And in 1989, she graduated with a teaching degree and she started working at Shorewood Elementary School in Burien, which is a suburb of Seattle. And just to give some context for people who aren't in Washington State, uh, like I am, the SeaTac Airport is actually south of Seattle and it's slightly northeast of Tacoma. So that's why it's SeaTac, it's Seattle, Tacoma. But. Clever. 20, 20, 25 minute drive from downtown Seattle to the airport and about the same to go from Tacoma to the airport. So it's really just right in the middle. And Burien is just a little to the left. So like Emily can see it, but like the airport's here and Burien's like here. So there's a little gap in between the Puget Sound and the airport that is land. It's in that little little stretch of land right there. Our little geographer over here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You know, second Just kidding. <laughs> so it's not a huge area, but from what I could find on like Google Maps, it's just like a nice normal area. It's got parks, you know, what you would expect. And at this time, Steve and Mary Kay are like they're just straight up not having a good time. Um, apparently things were very bad for their marriage. They're both said to have been having affairs. Mary's neighbor, who would later be her attorney, David Gerke, said that Mary told him she was being physically and emotionally abused by Steve. And she even went as far as to say that she went to the hospital a few times and that they called the police, but no charges were ever filed. So I'm not able to say with certainty if those things did or didn't happen. And Mm. they were also said to be struggling financially, which if the, I mean, the housing market was anything then like it is now here in Seattle and rent was anything like what it is now I feel you um, in 1989 Mary took a teaching job at Shorewood Elementary and she was teaching second grade and then she also eventually went on to teach sixth grade and they said that she was a very well respected staff member like no one had anything bad to say about her like she was great to work with and then in comes Vili. Oh, Lord, I've spelled this out phonetically, but I'm still going to struggle with this. Fulau? Fulau, I think is how you pronounce Yeah. Okay. I can read my own phonetic thing that I typed out. Fulau. I just call him Vili. Throw the whole thing. So Vili was a student of hers. And I did read that, he, that she taught him second grade. I think it was in 1991 he was in second grade and then later on he was in her sixth grade class so Vili was born june 26 1983 and so he was in her sixth grade class when she kind of took him under her wing and he was a year younger than her older son steve jr and also there's just a lot of people naming their kids after themselves here because Mary, her mom is named Mary. Her husband is named Steve. Her son is named Steve. There's just so many names. I would be so confused. So I was so confused writing this. I was like, this is so many names. <laughs> so Vili would come over to her house like all the time. And she was encouraging a friendship between Vili and her son, Steve Jr. And she also was constantly encouraging Vili to pursue his artistic abilities. And here... Here's where we need to get a trigger warning because this is where things start to not be so fun. In the summer of 1996, 
Mary is 34 years old, and Billy is almost 13 at this time. It is June 18th, so it's just a few days before his birthday. Mary Kay has her car parked at a marina parking lot, and the police just, like, walk up to her vehicle. Mary jumped into the front seat, and Billy just pretended to be asleep in the back seat. And the police are like, hey, um, what's going on here, you little weirdo? Why are you just, like, parked here just chilling? And Mary was like, oh, wow, thank you so much for asking. Here's my super elaborate story for you. My husband and I got into a fight, and Billy was there because he's my kid's friend. And he was staying the night with us, and our little fight made Billy just so upset. He decided to run away, and I had to come find him. I had to leave the house, had to hunt him down, like, put him back in my car, like, you know, figure out what to do next. And the police asked her, they were like, okay, well... What is your name? What is his name? Like, how old are you guys? And she was like, oh, he's 18 and gave super random names for both him and her. So I'm thinking, you know, probably something stupid like he's John Smith and I'm Jane Doe. And, you know, just, you know, not (laughs) not the truth. And at this point, the police were like, "Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and take both of you in because you're giving way too many details here, lady. Thank you so much for all of this. So, Villy apparently told police that there was no inappropriate touching involved, but that did anyone ask? I don't. I guess the police asked, and Villy's mother was called from the police station, and they were just kind of like, "Hey, your son is here. He, we found him at the park with this lady," and she was like, "No, no, no, it's okay. Like, she's his teacher. He's friends with her daughter, with her or with her son. You can just let her take him. It's fine. Like, you know." If he, like, ran off because they had a fight, she obviously just, like, went to go get him and make sure he was okay. Just go ahead and, like, let her take him. It's fine. Because his mom didn't know. So... Little did she know. Yeah. Because at this point, she's thinking, like, oh, okay, this is weird, but, like, nothing bad actually happened. Like, you know, they were just in the car together. That's not unusual. He's 13 and she's 34. She has to be the one to drive out of the two of them. And his mother has since said that if she had known that Mary Kay lied to the police about their ages and their names, that she would have never allowed Billy to go back with her. I mean, did no one like did no one question after they got their actual name and age? Like, why were you lying, ma'am? I'm sure they did. But the like the police never relayed that information to Billy's mom. They never said anything to her like, oh, yeah, by the way, this was kind of weird. Like she said, your son was 18 when he's clearly 12, you know, and he also, she also said his name was whatever. And that to me is just kind of like, had they said something then, had they said something then, it really makes me wonder, would this have gone as far as it did? Can I just say as an almost 30 year old, I have zero interest in a teenager, not even a teenager. Teenagers are like the bane of my existence, so I don't... I don't like them. I don't understand it either. (laughs) I don't. I don't even like early 20s half the time. Yeah. I don't like any of them. Anyway. I don't like any of them. Yeah, I don't... No, ew. But obviously, we know that everything that Mary Kay said that day to the police was a lie, and the reality... She was a liar. Yes, the reality of it was... She was actually sexually abusing him, and by all accounts, she at that point had been raping Billy. Why the you lying? Why you always lying? 
Anyway. September of 1996, Billy started seventh grade and he went to a different school. Not because of her. It was just like, I guess here they do it like K to six is middle school. And then like, you know, they go or is elementary school and they go to middle school. And Mary Kay finds out that she's pregnant. (gasps) And yes, she is pregnant with this 13 year old boy's child. Oh my Gwen. Oh my goodness. So I guess like, and then my first thought was like, poor Steve. Like he must just be thinking this whole time. Like I've gotten my wife pregnant again. Like, cause you know, at this point they have four kids together. And so he's probably thinking like, oh, okay, I guess we're having number five. But what kills me is if you look up pictures of Billy, Billy is, I believe when I like put his name into Google translate to figure out how to pronounce it, it said that it was a Samoan name. So he's obviously Samoan or Pacific Islander of something like, you know, of that ethnicity, this baby would not have looked like Steve (laughs) because when you look up Steve, Steve is like a normal, just like white guy. Yeah. He definitely looks like a Pacific native Islander. yeah like yeah he's de- he's definitely not white and his babies definitely do not look white i am shocked right now yeah so i just it, i don't steve would have quickly figured out this wasn't his baby like that's what i don't understand is like she really must have thought she was going to get away with this and then just been like oh my god this is so weird like i don't know what happened I don't know why he looks like our our 13-year-old son's friend. This is odd. This is unbelievable. Literally. So, in February of 1997, so we're jumping forward a few months, Steve finds love letters between Mary Kay and Billy. And in March of 1997, so like a month later, one of Steve's relatives called the police and was like, hey... Mary Kay is raping and sexually abusing this child. Can we do something about this? And on March 4th, they arrest her. Good. Go ahead and just set yourself up for disappointment here. Just be this whole thing. Just set yourself up for disappointment. Because I didn't I didn't listen to any other podcast episodes on this, but I did kind of like sift through Apple Podcasts and I could see that a lot of the people were saying like this case is exhibit A of how women sex offenders get such easier sentences. It's they're not taken nearly as seriously as male sex offenders. This is like prime example. So go ahead and just be prepared to be pissed off by the end of this because it pissed me off. I'm ready. I just once again I I can't imagine how Steve is feeling right now because you have known for about a month now that your wife is cheating on you and you have to process that she's cheating on you, but then you also have to process that she's cheating on you by sexually abusing and raping a child. This is a child who has come to your home and who has spent time with you and your kids and your family as a whole, and your wife has left the house with him God knows how many times at this point. So my brain would literally be running 100 miles a minute. I would not be able to stop, like, just actively freaking out and obsessing, trying to figure out what the hell was going on here. And this, this is just how my brain works. But now, if I was Steve, I would be wondering, like, are my own children safe? Like, has she done something to my own children? Has, you know, were there kids other than Billy that were involved? Because she didn't meet him until 1991. So there was a little bit of time 
because she didn't start assaulting him until 96. There was time between 1989 and 1996 where she could have potentially been abusing other children. But I couldn't find anything that said, like, she was for sure, like, she was or wasn't doing it. Um, and May 23rd, 1997, she gives birth to her and Billy's daughter, Audrey. She went to trial in August of 1997, and she pled guilty to the child rape charge. But, just so you know, this was for a plea deal. They gave this woman a plea deal. And in that plea deal, the judge said, you can go for three months and be on probation for one year, but you have to be 100% no contact with Villy. Also, custody, basically, the baby was given to Villy. From what I could find, his mom actually got custody of her, but like, basically, because he was, he was a child, so it went to his mom. Um, so obviously, he got the baby. And in January of 98, she's now served her three-month sentence, and she gets out, and she starts her probation, and she's put on the sex offenders registry. Like, she's on the list, which, like, little round of applause, because that's the, the only thing that they did, really. Um, and I personally do wish this is where the story ended, that I could tell you that they never spoke again, and that this was the end of it, and y'all, like, kumbaya, good day. It's not. Less than a month after her being released, Mary Kay parks her car in a random parking lot. Police come up and they're like, hey, what's going on here? And Mary Kay is once, once they, what they find is just history repeating itself. She's once again in a car with Villy. But this time we're going to add fuel to the fire because not only is this a violation of her probation, but in this card, they find $6,200 in cash, baby clothes, her passport, and the police are like, this woman's about to leave the country. Because also, just for reference, you can drive from Seattle and be in Canada in less than two and a half hours. She was going to run. She was going to run. A few days later, because they obviously arrest her. She goes before a judge, and it's the same judge that she had in her trial. And the judge told her, I gave you an opportunity which you foolishly squandered, and then sentenced her to seven and a half years in prison, which is the prison sentence that Mary was trying to avoid when she initially entered her plea deal. And that's what she gets. Yes. In October of 1998, surprise, she gives birth to their daughter, Georgia. She was pregnant again. By Vill That's a cute name. Yes. So Villy now has two children and he's 15 years old. And his mom has custody of both the girls. Um, and Villy told Barbara Walters in an interview that he was really struggling mentally during this time and his depression was really bad. And he said that he was surprised he was still alive today, that he went through a really dark time. So in 1998, our boy Steve was like, oh yeah, don't forget me, I'm still alive and we still have other kids. And not only am I filing for divorce, but I'm taking these children and I'm going back to Alaska, so goodbye. And the judge was like, absolutely, take them and leave. Have a nice life, goodbye. So the judge is like, sure, take your kids. Because she was in jail, so obviously they weren't going to be like, no, you have to keep them here. So he got his custody of those kids and he left, he bounced. He went right back to Alaska. And in 2002, Villy actually tried to sue the school district 
for not recognizing the abuse that he was enduring. And the case eventually did just get like thrown out. And I'm not hundred percent sure why it got thrown out. Um, but it did. And in August of 2004, Mary Kay is released from prison. She did serve her full seven and a half year sentence. And at this point, Villy filed a petition with the court to have the no contact thing lifted. And the judge was like, okay, cool. So that's, you know, February of 2005. I can't lie to you with this. I understand because they have kids together. They're both alive. What's done is done at this point. They both want to be present in the kid's life. They have to communicate in some capacity to be able to do that. So I understand that. And I think maybe Villy was trying to give her the benefit of the doubt and believe that the time that she had spent in prison really changed her. So this is like February 2005. So what I hoped happened was not the case. Because what do you do next? You set your wedding date. Oh my gosh. February in 2005, they set a wedding date. And on May 20th, 2005, Mary Kay and Billy get married at a winery here in Washington State in front of 250 people. Literally 250 people showed up to watch this literal child predator marry the child that she raped numerous times. How, like, how do you even begin to RSVP to that? I would like to know. And also people they knew or like people who were just interested, people who wanted to come. I don't, I don't know. And I cannot imagine, like, I couldn't find anywhere like who attended, but I can't imagine being Billy's mom and then finding out like what this woman did to your child and then being like, you know what? So happy to be here on you guys' wedding day. I'm mother of the groom. You know, like, I can't imagine that she was doing that. Um, I, how could anyone... Like, how could his mom be there? How could any of his immediate family be there? How could they be, how could anyone be supportive of this? But at this point, she is 43 years old and he is 22. So this is completely legal at this point. They're allowed to be getting married. But it doesn't, that doesn't take away from the fact that they've literally been involved with each other for like a decade now. And she's a freaking predator. And Georgia and Audrey were their flower girls. And two of her children with Steve actually did come to the wedding. And that's really like the last thing that you hear for a hot minute is like they get married. And then in 2017, Billy filed for separation. So they were together. They were married for 12 years. And her attorney, Dave Gerke, had gotten to know them pretty well at this point. And he said that he wasn't surprised they got married and wasn't surprised that they got divorced. But even after they separated, they still lived together for a little while and people would see them together all around Seattle. Like they were always like beep bopping around doing stuff together. And Mary Kay. Um, I read an article. They're still in love. And the only reason they separated is because he wanted to sell weed. I don't know. I didn't find that. Do you want me to send it to you? That's fine. So, yeah. Huh? yeah, that's fine. So... If we're just gonna, I'll just keep that in here. If that's true, cool, whatever. But I guess at some point, Billy moved away, but I didn't find like where he moved to. But she ended up reaching out to him and was like, hey, I don't feel too well. And she ended up having some testing done and she found that she finds out that she has cancer and that it spread to her liver. And Billy, at this hmm. point, 
he was like, I hopped on a plane. I took the next flight out. I had to get back to her. And he said that he, that she genuinely believed that a miracle was going to happen when they like when they first got that when he first got back to her, she seemed like she was okay and she looked healthy from the outside. But within six months, she had really started to decline, and it was difficult for him to see her like that. And he said she never wanted to talk about her death or anything pertaining to it. And while all of this is going on, she actually fell and broke her arm and she ended up in the ER. And while she was there, they did further testing and found that the cancer had spread into her spine and her brain. And they knew that this was kind of the beginning of the end for her. And Billy said at this point, he sort of started to realize who she was to him and said, quote, you become best friends. She was my best friend. And I felt like she was actually the only person that cared. When we first met, I was a lot younger and she was ripped out of my life at that time. This time, there's not going to be another letter. There's not going to be another phone call or test or preparing myself mentally. And preparing myself mentally for that was the hardest part. And he said that in an interview with Dr. Oz. In her final days, Philly said that she told him he was the most important person to her and that everything was going to be okay. And Mary Kay did eventually pass away on July 7th, 2020 from stage four cancer. Mary did end up leaving her entire estate to Villy and their two daughters. So I guess she just like didn't do anything for her kids with Steve, but I'm not sure what happened there. And like I mentioned, Villy was, had been talking to Dr. Oz. He had done an interview and Dr. Oz did talk to him about it and was like, let's put this into perspective for you. So Dr. Oz was like, I'm just going to paint this scene. I want to know what you would do if you're now, if you now in your 30s found yourself attracted to a 13-year-old and Billy said he would go and get help and that he couldn't look at a 13-year-old and be attracted to them because it just isn't something that he thinks about. But he also said, quote, I mean, we all have our preferences. Dr. Oz also says, what if your daughters brought home someone 20 years older than them? And he said that he would react in a similar way by just wanting to get to know the guy, who he is, his history, and that he would want to find out more before immediately putting his foot down, but that he would be upset if his daughters brought home an older person and he wouldn't agree with it. He also told Dr. Oz that he often wondered about Mary Kay's true intentions, especially because she ended up being a registered sex offender and labeled as a pedophile. But he said once he took a bigger, like a look at the bigger picture, quote, there was no pervasion and there was no history of her and any odd things with other minors. There's nothing I can't, there's nothing I can't say that people don't care, that don't care to listen or don't care to learn. But that is my wife and she is my best friend and we had kids together and we did get married and we had a whole life together. I'm just shocked. Like, Emily has nothing to say. And that's where this ends. That was so (laughs) shocked. All the dead air. Oh my gosh. All the dead air. Yeah. And with this one, like I said, we're not gonna, we're not gonna say our opinion, but what I will say is protect your children. Please. Be vigilant. Protect your children. You could, excuse me, you can obviously only do so much as a parent to protect them, but do what you can. And that's all you can do. Uh, you just really shocked me for this one. Like, I found this on TikTok. That's, yeah. 
I just want to say this is something important that that everyone needs to talk about is women being predators as well and taking that just as seriously as they take men predators because they don't and women get away with so much it might not you know often but it definitely still happens and this is it happened a sure tell sign of exactly that because this honestly she got a slap on the wrist and the judge even told her that if it were opposite if it were a man straight to jail yep so well we would like to think but uh, look at the emily morris case like nothing happened yeah but this was a good one yeah i don't like it I don't like it, but I enjoyed it. Does that sound like <laughs> you're like, I don't like it, but I enjoyed it. Like, this, it's just, whoa. This one really just makes you like think about a lot of things. And it's just like, ugh. But yeah, that is Ew. Mary Kay Latorno. I prefer to never think or speak about her again. We can, we can do that. Well, okay. you guys know our socials once again this one doesn't feel like one where we should plug the socials um you know the socials if you don't by now listen to another episode catch them like the last two three minutes they're listed in there but we will catch you guys in the next one bye bye